Welcome to the table, you animals, for the tightest coverage of mixed martial arts for fight fans new and old. This is the Better Fight Cast. Extra credit. I am your host, Joe Neubauer, at Joe Knows MMA. I've been living and breathing mixed martial arts since I was a kid scouring the video store shelves for Pride VHS tapes. You can also hear me and my sister broadcast with my other co-host, Matt Crocomo Jr., at Matthew J. Betty, Better, or Gabrielle Tamboin, at Gabby underscore T, on Better Health and World, as we are also on SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, and iTunes. Well, here we go, guys. I'm doing a special extra credit today. It's something I've been wanting to do for a while. As the MMA landscape keeps growing and continuing to change, as we go through new eras, new divisions, new weight classes, what was it like before USADA and then now that USADA is here, I have been pretty content on every single weekend if you listen to the Better Fight cast. I have always found some type of mixed martial arts to find throughout the week to appease me in an ever-changing climate. I know a lot of people only are into the pop stars. You know, everybody wants to see the Rondas, the Connors, the Diaz brothers, the John Jones, the Brock Lesnar's. Well, there's much more to mixed martial arts than that. As people like Connor, you know, they think they're a boxer now. We have Ronda Rousey who wants to go fake beat people up. We have the Diaz boys who won't even step into the octagon until they get their terms right. And then, of course, Brock Lesnar and John Jones being inactive due to banned substances. I have always been finding fights every single weekend, whether it's the UFC or otherwise. It could be Bellator. It could be Legacy Fighting Championship. It could be Cage Fury. It could be Bama. It could be... The World Series of Fighting, now known as the Professional Fighters League. It could be one championship. I think there is an ever-growing list of talent that keeps being produced every day. There is no doubt about that. There is new stars being made every day in this sport. As everybody's crying that the world is coming to an end for MMA in 2017, I've actually had a fantastic year watching the fights. Why? Because I have more of an open mind than other people. You know, I think everybody has a right to criticize any main event that you pay for on pay-per-view that is $60. Anybody consuming that product that's actually going to buy it or not buy it has that right to complain about it. But when I hear people complaining about great cards like Rotterdam that just happened two weeks ago that was headlined by Volkov and Stefan Struve. First of all, that wasn't even for us. That was for the Netherlands. Their hometown guy, top 10 heavyweight, I believe number 7 ranked at the time, Stefan Struve, took on Alexander Volkov, who was number 6 ranked, in a very, very good main event. So as these cards continue to grow, and as I keep telling everybody, hey, there is stuff to watch this weekend, I want to help the new and old fans bridge the gap and let them know what there is to watch, what is high-level MMA contest, and what is not. It is our choice to distinguish which one we want to watch and which one we don't. And this weekend has a couple of events. I chose from three different events that I'm going to be watching. And I'm just going to make my own main card and list off the fights that I'll be tuning into this weekend. And this is my personal main card. I'm building one card as if it's all together, even though it's from three different platforms. And we'll see how it goes. I'm going to run the card as if it is a 11-fight fight card. 
starting with fight pass prelims, the early prelims that you usually get. And then I'm going to move on to usually a televised prelims, whether it's on Spike TV or whether it was on FS1 or Fight Pass or whatever outlet or like Bellator.com that you would usually watch them. And then, of course, the main card, which this one I think would definitely be pay-per-view worthy depending on the price. But whether it's a Fox event, main card of FS1, main card on Spike TV, however you want to put it, let's jump right into it. My first fight that I'm going to watch on the early prelims is going to be from the Cage Warriors Fighting Championship 86. You can watch it on UFC Fight Pass. It comes on September 16th and it's from the Indigo at the Ad 2 in London. And it was a very easy pick for me as I'm picking the main event. London's own Nathaniel Wood takes on undefeated Welshman Josh Reed for their 135-pound title. Now, why is this a good feat? fight? Well, London's own Nathaniel Wood is on a three-fight win streak. All three of those fights coming by the way of finish. He was a recent Bellator vet. He fought as recent as Bellator 158 with a submission victory over Chase Morton. Now, why they let him go, I don't know. But he is now fighting for Cage Warriors. He has a recent win over Vaughn Lee. And he has taken on hot prospect Josh Reed, who is an undefeated fighter at 7-0. He has finished six out of his seven opponents. I always am a sucker for a guy that has an O. Until that O goes, I am a sucker for him, especially in mixed martial arts. As soon as they get to 5-0, I start paying attention. This is a very hard sport to go undefeated. Now, my reason for watching this is because the winner will probably make it to the big show. I really feel like the implications of the winner on this one will make it somewhere, especially if you're a fan of Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series. They will at least end up there. This is a fantastic fight on paper, both finishers. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. And then moving on from there, a lot of this is going to be UFC. I'm not going to lie. Now, the UFC is the premier league for a reason. From top to bottom of their cards, they have the most world-class competition competing, and there is nobody close yet. And that's just fact, guys. I'm not sitting here. I'm not, I'm not a UFC diehard. I'm not just basically a UFC nuthugger, as they say. That's not the only promotion I watch. I do watch Bellator. Actually, I haven't skipped a Bellator event, I think, in two years. And that product is getting way better than it used to be. I got to give Scott Coker credit. Where Bellator is now compared to two years ago, I am very excited to see where Bellator can go in two years from now. Because the level of competition has gotten way higher. As they keep signing free agents and keep building their own talent, if you stay away from the older fighters that should hang them up, you are doing yourself a favor. Bellator could be a good product. But the next fight I picked is coming out of the heavyweight division, and it's on the FS1 main card of UFC Pittsburgh on Saturday night. I like this fight because it has the true makings of an underdog story. Justin Ledet is taking on last-minute replacement Azuna Anyanyu. I don't know how to say that name. That is a tough name to say. In mixed martial arts, I get so many tough last names thrown at me, I don't know what to do. But anyway, Justin Ledette is an 8-0 undefeated fighter. Again, I am a cheap bop for anybody that's undefeated in this sport. Who has a recent win over Chase Sherman. He's sort of a small heavyweight for this division as he has competed at the light heavyweight division. But 
he's still undefeated either way, and it's an interesting matchup. He he was supposed to fight Dmitry Sosnovsky. Actually, this is the second time him and Dmitry Sosnovsky has been booked to fight, but a contaminated supplement has stopped that. USADA got Justin Ledet just last year. He's coming off a four-month suspension. But the only thing with his, and, and you, you hear the four months, and that's not as alarming as you would think. Cause that is a very short sentence considering John Jones is about to get four years. Considering Leo Machida got a year and a half. You know, these other guys, look at Frank Mir, he got two years. But the, sub, contaminated, the contaminated supplement he took was very unknowingly. This is when USADA was still in the beginning processes to where the supplement he submitted and they found the contaminant in was added to USADA's supplement list. That's how new this thing was. So I felt like they gave him a little slap on the wrist for four months, but they had to do something because this obviously the banned substance was in a system. And he's taking on Azuna Anyanwu. I hope I'm saying that right. The 14-4 Philly native stepping up on late notice to take this fight. He usually walks around at 251 pounds. Well, this guy's on a five-fight win streak with three straight finishes. He's, a, he's the last-minute replacement for Dmitry Sosnovsky. And the reason this is a good story is he's from Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series Episode 1. And despite winning the, a contract that night, even though he did knock out Greg Rebello, he's still getting his shot in the UFC on a last-minute replacement. So anybody that goes on that contender series now has hope. You win, you can get in, even if you're not awarded that contract. This is the second guy from that show that's getting a last-minute replacement. And good for him. I'm actually rooting for the kid. And I forgot to do my pick in the first fight. I am picking Josh Reed over Nathaniel Wood. I'm going with the young up-and-coming undefeated. And just like this one, I'm going with the guy that's undefeated. I'm going to pick Justin Ledette to take it, take the victory. Now, my next fight, the second fight on the prelim card, has a potential fight of the night written all over it, if you go by the numbers. It's on the FS1 main card for the UFC Pittsburgh fight, and it's undefeated Gregor G Gillespie taking on Jason Gonzalez. Now, Gregor Gillespie, of course, is 9-0. He's undefeated, 2-0 in the UFC. But seven of his nine fights are finishes. He's coming off a performance of the night victory over Andy. Drew Holbrook, and his opponent, Jason Gonzalez, is 1-1 in the UFC, 11-3 overall. This is in the 155-pound division, and he's coming off a submission victory himself. Didn't get the performance of the night, but he did get a submission victory over J.C. Cottrell. And this guy has, in his 11 fights, he has 11 finishes. Not one fight has gone the distance. So if I'm going by the numbers here, this thing really has Fight of the Night written all over it. You should get some excitement out of this. And I am going to have to go with Gregor Gillespie winning it again. I'm really high on that kid and really looking forward to that one. And then, of course, in my next fight, it's going to be interesting to see if one of my personal top prospects can rebound from his first professional loss and get back to the winning column as Luke Sanders is taking on Felipe Orantes. Luke Sanders is a guy I like because he's coming from the RFA. I remember he was the RFA champ, I think three times over, and then went and fought that RFA and Legacy Super Fight against Terion Ware before RFA and Legacy combined. 
and he's 1-1 in the UFC, and his last fight, don't take it too much, I mean, he finally got his first professional loss, like I said, this sport is very hard to go undefeated in, to go 11 fights in a row, that's very good, if this guy could just fight more consistently, he fought once in 2015, once in 2016, and I'm glad to see this is his second time fighting in 2017, and really, his lone loss was to a true veteran in Yuri Alcantara, that slick knee bar he caught was really out of nowhere, I didn't even see it coming. That's the type of game you play in mixed martial arts. You leave one limb, whether it's a wrist, and, and a shoulder, an elbow, an ankle, a knee, anything, they will take, the other, your opponent will take that home with them, and it's good night. And of course, I like his opponent, Felipe Arantas. It's another step up. He's 18-8-1, one in the UFC, but he is a true, tough, gritty veteran with 10 UFC fights to his name. He has wins over Jared Sanders, wins over Yves Jabouin, wins over Godofredo Pepe Castro. So this guy is no slack in competition. And we'll see what happens. I'm picking Luke Sanders to come back with the victory in the 135-pound division. Now in the next fight, this one's very interesting. I feel as if this fight is a spotlight for Anthony Smith and not Hector Lombard. Even though Lombard is the bigger name, if you saw their last, I mean Anthony Smith's last fight, you would know why. Of course, Hector Lombard is returning to the 185-pound division. He's 39 years old. This one's part of the FS1 Pittsburgh main card. You know, his last four fights, though, are three losses and one no contest. And his one new contest was for a banned substance. And that was before USADA. I mean, Hector Lombard has really been on a downward spiral since that new contest. He has not looked good. I mean, in the past, his notable career wins were Jake Shields, Nate Marquardt, Rusamar Pau Harris, Jesse Taylor, Alexander Shemenko. I mean, a lot of really good fights to his career. He's had a storied career. Of course, he was the former Bellator champion. What's there not to like? But of course, he's fighting a guy I am very high on. I think it was his last performance over Andrew Sanchez, Anthony Smith. They call him Lionheart. And that Lionheart nickname is so fitting if you saw his last fight against Andrew Sanchez. That victory was so impressive. I thought it was one of the best fights I've seen this year. He's 27-12 and 12 and he's 29 years old. He's 10 years the younger to Hector Lombard. And in 39 pro fights, the man has only seen the distance four times in his career. I mean, you want to talk about a finisher. He's been around since 2008 and has fought for a who's who, including UFC, Bellator, Strikeforce, RFA, and it just keeps going. I think Victory Fighting Championship. This guy is a true fighter's fighter, and I think this is more of a spotlight fight for him. And I say good. I think he's in there entering the prime of his career. And I have Anthony Smith knocking out and possibly retiring Hector Lombard in a fight of the night caliber performance. That's going to be a good fight. And of course, now we're going to move on to the main card. The main card is going to kick off. Now, he was supposed to fight somebody else. Mike Perry and Tiago Alves was supposed to have a showdown. But I guess Hurricane Irma, as Tiago Alves lives out there in Florida, stopped that fight from happening. Tiago Alves, of course, stayed behind with his family to make sure they were safe to the hurricane. And I don't really blame him. I'm not going to kick the man 
I'm not going to say too much about it. We just have to move on. They found a very suitable replacement. Even though Thiago Alves pulled out and broke our hearts, there is still plenty of reason to watch his replacement, Alex Reyes, take on Mike Perry. It's on the FS1 main card still. I believe it's still the co-main event in the 170-pound division. Now, anybody that knows Mike Perry knows why you have to watch any Mike Perry fight that comes out. He's 10-1 with 10 finishes. 3-1 in the UFC. That one loss was a loss to Alan Juban in the decision victory, whereas Juban just outsmarted him that night. That's really all it was. He's coming off of that knockout of the year, that vicious elbow over Jake Ellenberger. And I've always, I, if, if you haven't seen it yet, I recommend anybody to go watch Mike Perry versus Danny Hot Chocolate Roberts. It was on that Michael Bisping versus Dan Henderson card. The pay-per-view. I'm trying to remember. I want to say it was like 206, maybe. That thing is a fight of the year contender. I promise you. It was such a good fight. That's where Mike Perry came back in the third round and knocked out Danny Roberts with only like two minutes left. It was absolutely spectacular. And Alex Reyes, you don't know who he is yet. Now, he is usually a lightweight. He is stepping up to the welterweight on three days notice i mean first of all give the guy some respect for taking a fight on three days notice that is so tough to do he's 12 and 2 with 12 finishes his two losses were his first two pro fights of his career he has 10 first round stoppages and he is the current king of the cage champion it's not like they signed a nobody to come in here and fight mike perry this fight has violence written all over it. This will be fight of the night. If I had to pick one, this is it. This is the one that's going to get a vicious knockout, guaranteed. This fight will not go the distance. And of course, Alex Reyes, also to note, is the brother of light heavyweight Dominic Reyes. I don't know if you remember him. He's also 7-0 with 7 finish and stepped up on last minute to knock out Waheem Christensen. So it looks like his brother is looking to do the same thing on three days' notice, step up, and knock out a perennial contender for the UFC. I mean, a win over Mike Perry will be huge for Alex Reyes' career. But I don't see it happening. I think Mike Perry is going to be too big. And the guy just... Perry has this it thing about him. I don't know how to explain it. He's like the lord of the underground right now. He has this it thing where I just... I really feel like this is the last time he's going to be in a co-main event. His, I think he's going to start main eventing for the UFC very soon. He's a can't-miss superstar and a true prospect to watch out for in the next two years or so. And then we move on to the true sleeper fight of this weekend. And I'm really surprised at the placement on the fight card and the relatively no buzz for this fight. As it's, on, it's the second fight on the FS1 prelims. As in the 185-pound division, Christoph Jocko... Top 10, 10 ranked heavyweight is taking on former tough winner, everybody's favorite, one of the biggest choke artists, Uriah Hall. Of course, Christoph Jocko is 19-2, coming off of his latest performance where he lost to the guy who's fighting in the main event, David Branch. He's 6-2 in the UFC. He's a top 10 fighter. He has a win over Talos Lotus and a big knockout over Tamden McCrory. I mean, that win over Talos Lotus was a big one. Because not just anybody beats Taylor Slatis. 
He is a tough guy for anybody on any night. And of course, he's fighting Uriah Hall. Now, Uriah Hall is 12-8, and 6-5 in the UFC. But Uriah Hall, he's been known as a guy that just did not live up to expectations. He was the tough runner-up, and he holds probably the greatest Ultimate Fighter knockout ever. I don't know if you're ever going to see a better knockout on the Ultimate Fighter house other than Uriah Hall. You know, he's on a three-fight losing streak, but I'm not going to give the man the hardest time of his recent three-fight losing streak. I mean, he's been in there with sharks. The best the division has to offer. I mean, his losses are to Gegard Mousasi, Derek Brunson, and your, you know, now, whatever you want to call it, the silver medal champ, the interim champion, the runner-up, the participation trophy, Robert Whitaker. And Uriah Hall almost had that fight with Spider Silva. But Spider Silva had to pull out, was it like a couple days before due to appendicitis? And he's still been trying to chase that fight again. I mean, this should be an entertaining scrap. Uriah Hall always brings the pressure. He always brings the fight. And I'm very excited to see this fight. As probably a spotlight fight is my second fight on the main card. And of course, a very under-the-radar welterweight contest where a true contender will emerge with a victory. The dark horses of the 170-pound division. Kamaru Usman versus Sergio Marias. Kamaru Usman is 10-1. He's 5-0 in the UFC. He's 29 years old. He was this tough 21 season winner. He's undefeated in the UFC and Legacy so far. And altogether on a 9-fight win streak. This guy is dangerous. I really believe half the division is probably turning him down right now. Him and Colby Covington are my true dark horses in the 175-pound division come 2018. Of course, Colby Covington is being given the bigger spotlight with a contest against Damian Maya later this year. But Kamaru Usman is going for a 6-0 in the UFC. That is not easy to do. And, of course, he is fighting the 35-year-old Sergio Marias, who's 12-2 in his career and six wins, one loss, and one no contest in his UFC career. He lost his debut. He was the Ultimate Fighter Brazilian runner-up. He's a great grappler and a true sleeper of this division. Now, I have this as my third feature on the main card because this fight is so much better than what people want to give it credit for. Now, as far as the X's and O's, it might not be the most entertaining fight to watch. But it does mean a lot for that division. If you want to actually look at who's real. Who is a real contender for the welterweight division? And these guys are it. I truly believe Kamaru Usman is going to get the win. By the way, I do think Christoph Jocko is going to get the nod over Uriah Hall. Forgot to throw that in there. This is my first time, guys. Bear with me. This is practice. I'm trying to do my reps. With practice, I'll get better with these things, I promise. And then, of course, my co-main event this weekend is the main event for Pittsburgh. It's Luke Rockhold versus David Branch. This is a very important fight that will shape the future of the middleweight division to fill the void that Gegard Mousasi just left. Of course, at 185 pounds. What can we say about this fight? This is a fantastic fight on paper. Anybody that's acting like MMA doesn't have anything going on this weekend, they're crazy. I hear a lot of people, especially the media, some people that do podcasts on mixed martial arts, they're just writing this whole event off because of Triple G Canelo. And this fight is so good. And guess what? It's free. 
It's live and free on FS1. It's not the price tag of a pay-per-view or even a $10 subscription to Fight Pass or Fight TV or whatever. None of those other outlets. I mean, one championship you have to pay to watch. This thing is free on TV. You could go to the bar and ask the bartender to turn it on for you. And of course, let's start with Luke Rockhold. He's 15-3, 5-2 in the UFC. He is the former UFC middleweight champion of the world. He's, one of, he's had one of the toughest roads since the beginning. Former Strikeforce vet. He, he went from Strikeforce challengers to Strikeforce champion to the UFC contender to UFC champion. And this is the start of his comeback on his road back to his title. And I do believe he will get his one or two victories and get back to that title. He trains with one of the best camps in the business. With, he's, he's one of the main training partners of Daniel Cormier. Cain Velasquez, Khabib Nurmagomedov, that is a tough, tough camp. And he's looked very, very good leading up to this one. He let all of his injuries heal, and he's back. I mean, the guy has notable wins over Chris Weidman, Lyoto Machida, Michael Bisping, Tim Kennedy, and Jacques Array, to name a few. He really is as good as it gets, despite if you like him as a model or whatever. Of course, he's fighting a relatively unknown, but if you're a mixed martial arts diehard, you know who this guy is. And lately, everybody's liking him now because I guess the way he's talking. But I've always liked him for his fighting. That's 35-year-old David Branch who knows that his time is right now and he's doing everything he can to seize the opportunity. He's 21-3. and three. This guy came in the UFC as the World Series of Fighting middleweight and light heavyweight champion. He's on an 11-fight win streak. Seriously, he's on an 11-fight win streak. You know how hard that is to do in mixed martial arts? His last loss was to Rumble Johnson. And before that was to Rusamar Pal Harris. These are guys you don't... That's no, that's no discredit to him. Those are two of the best fighters in the world. And of course, his new swagger, the way he's coming in this fight, super confident. I really have a good feeling about him. He could win this, and it would not surprise me at all. But at the end of the day, I have to go with Luke Rockhold. I just have to. I can't go against him. He's too good. But this is going to be a very good fight. And if the headlines read, Branch stuns Rockhold in victory on Sunday morning, I would not be surprised at all. But as a betting man right now, I am going with Luke Rockhold. So we'll see what happens. Now, in my main event for this weekend for combat sports, this isn't going to happen very often, guys. But right now, this boxing match, you just have to put it as the main event. You have to give it its respect. You probably won't see me ever do this again unless another Maymax situation arises or whatever boxing contest you know, comes together next year where two of the best are fighting in the world at the right time, and they are actually two of the pound-for-pound pound best. And that's what we have here. Triple G versus Canelo is where all eyes should be this weekend. This weekend does go to boxing. And this is the only time you will ever hear me say that, as Triple G is undefeated at 37-0, and and Canelo is 49-0 Mayweather because he's 49-1. His lone loss is to Money Mayweather. At tw he was only 22 years old. This is two of the top pound-for-pound pound best and the top two names in popularity 
behind Mayweather fighting in their prime. It's a shame it's only a few short weeks after Maymac, which I do believe will affect its buy rate. But as the fight gets closer, as this is a Thursday afternoon, I am starting to hear the buzz for this thing. Everybody's talking about it. It's a gate that's sold out. I mean, they sold like 30 million tickets. It's a part of HBO Boxing. This is the fight. If you're a boxing fan, congratulations. This is your weekend. This is it. This is what you wait for. This is your Christmas morning. This is your celebration. Light the cigars, pop the champagne, drink the whiskey. This is it. And good for you. I'm going to watch. I love this contest. I'm going to get off work, rush to watch this as soon as I can, and then I'm going to go watch Pittsburgh as I'll have it recorded on my DVR. The only thing I'll say about this that I didn't even realize boxing events were this expensive, the Triple G versus Canelo fight to order is $80. $80. That's a lot of money. Especially since just a few weeks ago we just spent 100 on Mayweather McGregor. Combat sports is the most expensive sport to follow by a mile. No other sport even comes close. It is so expensive. Just this weekend alone, all the fights I listed off, it will cost you $90 to watch all of them. As UFC Fight Pass is a $10 a month subscription, and of course, to order the pay-per-view Triple G vs. Canelo, it will cost you $90 just to watch that night of fights. That's absurd. That's just so crazy to me sometimes. And yet, I still pay it every time. I always do. I love mixed martial arts. So here's my final card. My early prelims, early, early prelims, the one fight, Nathaniel Wood versus Josh Reed. And then we move on to the prelim portion, which usually consists of four fights. Justin Ledette versus Azuna Anyanwu. We have Gregor Gillespie versus Jason Gonzalez. Luke Sanders versus Felipe Arantes. Hector Lombard versus Anthony Smith in your preliminary main event. And then, of course, as you move on to the main card, we kick it off with Mike Perry versus Alex Reyes, Christoph Jocko versus Uriah Hall, Kamaru Usman versus Sergio Marias, Luke Rockhold versus David Branch, and in the main event, in the evening, a special introduction, a special guest visit, pretty much, Triple G versus Canelo. Now, my question is, would you pay $60 to watch that card? I know I would. I wouldn't even think twice about it. $80? Seems a bit much. But 60 Yeah. I would do that. As long as Triple G Canelo is headlining. I would pay money for that. I think that's pay-per-view worthy. And that's one thing that bugged me about the Mayweather-McGregor card that was $100. I like the original idea Dana White had. I like the idea he had where you could watch... Mayweather McGregor in the main event, but he would have stacked the rest of the card with UFC and boxing talent throughout and just stack it like a Madison Square Garden card, and, card they did for 205 or the one coming up at 217 or UFC 200 like card. I hope there comes a day where in combat sports we can get something like that, where we can get like the Super Bowl of combat sports, where it could be either boxing, mixed martial arts, or hey, even kickboxing in the main event if the fight's big enough, if it transcends. I mean, I love boxing. My only thing is, and I think I speak for a lot of people, the only thing with a whole boxing car when you buy it is I don't like to watch like 10 boxing matches in a row. I like different flavor. 
You know, I love watching every fight on a mixed martial arts card. Why? Because every fight is so different from the other. Every fight ends different. Every fight fighter fights different. It's just completely different styles where in boxing you're only getting the one. I love watching the sweet science especially. I'll love it because the matches are so much longer too. I love it when I watch Triple G versus Canelo. I loved it when I watched, you know, I love watching Lomachenko. Uh, who was it? Indongo got knocked out. Terrence Crawford. I love watching Terrence Crawford. You know, there's certain guys I really love to watch, but I don't, I don't, I can't watch a whole night of it. I can't sit there for five hours and watch nothing but boxing. I need it mixed up. I need to see takedowns. I need to see kicks. I need to see knees. I need to see elbows. But anyway, this should be fun. That's 10 fights. I'm I'm just giving you advice on what you can watch. These are the ones I'm zeroed in on. Of course, there was two fights, other fights that were going to happen. Of course, the Mike Perry versus Thiago Alves. But also, I was looking forward to the Chai Lewis Perry versus Maurice Jackson fight. But that got canceled the other day. And that was going to be for, I believe, Bama. But Maurice Jackson could not complete his medicals. So they took it away. And what a shame. Chai Lewis Perry, former kickboxer. I was excited for that one. But oh well, that's the way our sport goes, right? Well, until next time, thank you for listening. I am Joe Neubauer at Joe Knows MMA. And I hope I help provide some insight and a guide for fans new and old to watch the fights this weekend. But for now, I gotta say, I am out. Peace. Enjoy the fights, guys.